episode 76 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. My Jimi Hendrix. Radio team, welcome along to episode 76 of Fitness Behaviour, a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along to this this episode, today's episode, it's um, yeah, back into the swing of things, I've had a kind of few crazy weeks around me and uh, it's quite nice just to be back into the studios, back into a regular kind of routine and kicking in, you know, to the kind of second quarter of 2016, it's kind of crazy how fast a year goes, doesn't it? You know, when I think back, you know, it's, I'm recording this on the 4th of April in 2016. I know some people future, in the future will listen to this. But man, it's crazy to think of everything that I've done in the last uh, period of time, which is, you know, in the last three months, three or four months. And it's just quite nice when you have these moments where you stop and think, wow, it's kind of been crazy. Uh, I've got, got a main gist of the show that I'm going to get into today. Show it is the Bevan show today, so it's very much going to be just some thoughts I want to share with you guys. And then I'm currently trying to arrange a couple interviews for the next period of time as well. And I've got some interviews that I'm trying to get on that I think will be really, really great. So fingers crossed I'll be able to get those on because I think there's some real value in talking to some of the people that I'm going to be talking to moving forward. Before I get into the main gist of today's show, it's a kind of concept I want you to to think about, um, or that I want to share with you, and that there may be some value in you reflecting upon this within yourself. And it's this whole idea of how the labels we put on ourselves or put on others affect our experience of others in our life. And I may have talked about this in the past. I remember years ago at at the gym, there was a lady who... Yeah, I don't know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't understand this feeling when you meet someone, when you know that they lack respect for you, that um, there's something about the way that they're communicating to you that kind of tells you deep down that they, maybe I'm not, you know, just don't have respect for you, <laughs> and this lady didn't really have respect for me in this moment, and, um, and it was pretty clear, you know, she wasn't rude, but, uh, you know, like one of my talents or skills or something I seem to be good at in life is this whole idea of I'm very good with people I've always been really good with people and uh, I've always been able to make people feel good I've always kind of had energy to give to people in a really positive way and this lady in this situation I got the sense that she thought that I was this person who had no depth behind the curtain so in in the sense that I was a bit of a one-trick pony I was very good at kind of being there for people, but there wasn't much below that, and probably she was looking at me intellectually, and probably also looking at me in a way, um, you know, probably morally, who knows, but I could just, now, to be fair to her, no, actually, I do know she was thinking this, because she told me eventually, <laughs> so, um, so, I, my, my kind of, what I was picking up on in that situation was really true, and so, I met this lady, and it was one of those moments where, you know, I knew that she wasn't going to be a big fan of of me and my work and so on and then eventually she started coming to my classes quite a lot and I think she kind of opened up to me more I don't think she was ever a massive fan of mine as such or or of my work but then one day she came to me and asked me to do some 
fitness work at a school that she was associated with. So she wasn't a teacher, but she was just a mum who was quite involved in her, in her school. And she asked if I could come along and do a session for all the kids at the school. And uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm quite open to, you know, helping out when I can, and especially in the area that I seem to love, which is fitness. And so I went along to the school and I did a talk for pretty much the whole junior school. And then I took them through kind of an exercise workout. It was just good fun. And it was really interesting in that moment because it, she shifted her perception around me. And it was probably that and a line of she started to read a few of my, my press pieces and stuff like that as well. So she shifted her perception around me because she saw me come along to this school and this school and she could see that my heart was in the right place, that, you know, I just want to spread fitness and, you know, I care for these kids and, and so on. And, and she could see that, I think she probably thought when she first met me that this kind of this area that I feel I'm strong in, in regards to people, she probably thought it was just all about me and it was all about my ego and, and all the rest of it. And I think in this situation, she saw that my, you know, well, there's definitely my egos in there somewhere and definitely it's not altruistic, definitely I'm in it for my, some of my own gains as well. But she could see that, you know, I was coming from the right place in the work that I was doing and the message that I, you know, that I'm trying to kind of spread to the world. And then that alongside with her um, reading of my press pieces, her perception around me shifted. And a really interesting thing happened at that moment. The thing that was really interesting was that she started to become more open to what I could offer to her in the world. And when I was thinking about this, in regards to talking to today's talk, so so basically what she had done is she had basically determined that I wasn't a person who could offer value to her in her life when she made her first impression of me. And I've actually had other experiences of this. I've, I had a guy at the gym, I may have, like, I never know what I've talked about on the show, but I remember not long ago, because I write for my, you know, I've written for my local paper and stuff like that, and um, people seem to like my work, which is great. And there was a guy at the gym who came up to me and he goes, I read your pieces in the paper. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he goes, do you really write them? <laughs> and uh, and he was kind of being insulting, but in a nice way. Like, And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really do write them. <laughs> and uh, and it was, it, was, it was kind of like I didn't expect a fitness professional to be, or fitness, you know, a, a, aerobics instructor to have intelligence. Um, and, and it was a kind of similar experience that I had with this lady in the past. Now, it was really interesting when I reflected back on that, where in that moment, herself and probably this guy who did my class, and I imagine maybe other people in my world, she looked at me as, and put me in this box. And by putting me in this box, she determined that there was no value to come from me. Now, I don't know if fortunately for me, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but through time, she experienced more time with me. And through that time with me, she opened up to discover that I offered more than the box she had originally put in and you know that you know she expanded her potential or the way she looked at me and how I could you know offer anything to her world and good on her actually she came up to me and told me that she judged me wrong and that um, she was probably a little bit unfair of me in my first interaction with her and, and, I, and I kind of respected her for that because it was quite a, a revealing thing to show about yourself to somebody else like we all want to look good in the eyes of those around us. And when we when we admit a flaw in our thinking, or when we can see a flaw in our thinking, often we keep that to ourselves, don't we? You know, we might see our fault 
Um, but then to front up's another thing, and, and hopefully through that experience, maybe she discovered that she needed to think about how she saw the world. And, and, and we live at a very interesting moment in kind of history right now, don't we, where labels are being used in ways that are quite detrimental. Uh, I'm not going to talk politics because I don't know enough about politics. I find it very interesting, the politics of the world right now, um, but I'm far from an expert in the area of politics. And, and uh, while I have my opinions, I think I'll just keep those to myself today. But when we look at some of the stuff like Donald Trump's doing and, and using labels to to use a message in, in a way that's quite destructive and to and to bunch a group of people together based on these these very general labels that have you know uh, meanings behind them and and i think maybe the thing where i'm trying to go with this is where do we need to get better at seeing that we're using labels that are actually hurting us from what those around us have to offer and there's probably two things I want to think about here. And, and the first is, is that me learning my, the experience of how I look at my world. Um, you know, like, I don't know if you've got a chance to read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting book. It's probably not his best work, but it's a good book. And it kind of talks a lot about intuition and stuff like that. And, and Malcolm Gladwell is, I think he's of Jamaican descent. I could be wrong, but I think he is. And he talks about, so he's, he's, a, he's a black man, and he talks about how uh, even when he was doing the testing, so they do t- testing on basically figuring out how you see different people in certain situations. And he, even when he was doing the testing, discovered that he had a racist kind of uh, sentiment about him when he saw these pictures of different races and stuff. And so I think the first thing we've, we, we want, I want you to identify within yourself is when I look at others, what am I seeing? What are, what are the labels and the judgments that I'm putting upon them? And then how does that restrict me, myself, from opening up to what they can offer me? Now, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this in the past in the show, but I think it's, there's another level that I want to go with this today because it's one thing I've been thinking about lately. So there's that whole, what am I putting on to them? And if I think about myself, often when I'm critical of other people purely based on a look, like like purely based on a look. You know, I haven't even met them. I might be walking down the street and I and I notice myself judging them. It's, it's often my insecurities. You know, it's often the thing I need to work on with myself. And and one thing I always try to work on is to catch myself if I do that, and then just to put my focus in the right place and uh, look at them more with just open eyes, I suppose, open eyes to who they are. And and you know, that's a hard thing. But the second area I want to kind of think about today is this idea of the communication that you have and how do you explore new people in a way that allows you to really allow them to open up about who they are so my classic example is and i'm quite lucky in my world because i get to meet a lot of people when you work in fitness like i'm in front of you know, in my week, I'm in front of up to a thousand people a week, just through my classes and, and my roles in my community. And so each week, I have a lot of people who I'm in front of. Now, admittedly, most of those people are people who I see a lot in my week. So this is kind of a repeat group of people who I see a lot. And some of them I have a really good connection with. Some people, it's just a hello. And there's kind of these levels of how much I know them. But the other thing about my world is, is pretty much each week, I'm meeting new people. And 
One thing I've been thinking about lately is what's my exploration of that person and how do I communicate to that person when I first meet them? And it's really interesting how I ask them to define themselves. And, and I suppose this is where this is all heading towards today is, is this whole idea of how do I communicate to those around me? And do I lead them down a path that makes my judgment of them unfair, or maybe not unfair, but not really hitting the right thing? And so the example is what I tend to do, let's say I met you, first of all, I'll come up and I'll introduce myself because I'm a leader in these roles, so it's my job to kind of break the ice. And I'll come up and I'll, you know, I'm, I'm kind of friendly and energetic, so I'll kind of try to be friendly and energetic. And then once I've kind of established name and the basics, you know, if you know what you're doing with the workout, my kind of go-to question is, what do you do for work? Now, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because depending on their answer, I may judge them a lot based on what their career is. So if they have a career that I, I think is impressive or respectful or, or I find interesting, I may judge them and think that they're a really good person because of their career. Now, sure, I can, you, know, you can argue that some careers show more intelligence. But then if someone doesn't have a career that I find respectful, exciting and so on, do I judge them? Do I judge them in a way that puts them in a box like that person did when she met me at the gym the first time, when she thought I was just some kind of lacking intelligence robotics instructor? And I like to think I don't, but I'm sure at times maybe I do. Like I, 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 What I will say is when I get someone from an impressive job, I definitely tend to give them that kind of, wow, that's, that's an impressive thing to be doing. So I definitely give them more stature if, if I am impressed with their job. I, I don't know if I'm that judgmental if someone's job isn't of that level, but maybe I am because I'm not giving them that stature. So it's a, it's a really interesting thing to explore. And one thing I've been thinking about within myself lately is this whole idea of what's a better way to, to communicate or to have a conversation around who a person is, how they want to express themselves to me. Like, I'm not sure if a job's the right label. I'm not sure once I meet you, if, if once I've got your name and your basic understanding to go, well, what do you do for work, is a really good label. And I know, you know, I think that I'm quite typical in this way. I think a lot of us, when we go to parties, our work is a way to define us. And so one thing I've been thinking about within myself lately is how do I open up communication lines that allow people to express sides of themselves that they want to express to themselves. Or maybe that isn't even the right answer. Maybe, maybe what I'm looking for here is express to be free in who they are. There's that, there's that Chris Rock. Chris Rock's one of my favourite comedians of all time and he's one of his great specials and he talks about, um, and again, I, I think I'm doing some repeat stuff here today, but I'm kind of refining it. But he talks about... Um, when you meet somebody new, and he's talking about in the relationships context here, but when you meet somebody new, it's not it's not the real you, it's the sales rep you. And I, and I think that, you know, that job question kind of draws the sales rep kind of you out, doesn't it? It makes me think, oh, how do I make this person be impressed by me? And the thing I, I, I want to get away from is that. This whole idea of seeing the sales rep or, or, or putting people in a box because 
of a job label that they have. And the thing I want to move towards is this whole idea of that even in very short new connections, we feel free to be open and real about our experience in the world. One, one, so, so, so a simple way I've been doing this is, is changing the question. So last weekend we took a group of runners away for a race and uh, I met, you often meet the partners of the runners in the group and I met a, a guy there who, a uh, nice young man, and, um, and we're just sitting down and the thing is in my world I'm a leader so people often have questions to me about what happens in my world and so I kind of, you know, talk about myself which <laughs> as you can tell from this podcast isn't too much of a struggle for me. And then once, you know, I've kind of got my bit out, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to spend my time meeting this man. And I just threw him and I said, so what's your buzz? Now that's a much different question to what's your job. I don't know if it's the best question in regards to finding out the deepest side of this guy's self. But in that moment, I allowed him... I don't know if I allowed him, but in that moment, I got a different kind of response to what I normally got. Or normally get. I got a different kind of response. It was really interesting. This guy kind of just started telling me about some things that he enjoyed doing. And instantly, our conversation seemed to be at a higher level. And while this is a new area in my my thinking, this is a new area that I'm trying to develop, this whole idea of how do I develop communication in a way that allows those around me to be free, and so I get to experience the real them. I I don't know if what your buzz is the right answer, but it was definitely a, a step away from what your job. If I'd asked him what his job was, what have I got? A similar connection because this guy and I had a good connection for a while there, and I wonder if, if yeah, what my, my what my communication may have been. Maybe I would have used some labels if he told me he did a job. I hope I don't do that, but I you know I can't deny I probably do. But in that moment, just with a simple change in direction in the way I try to open up to somebody new, I experienced a deeper connection with this person, and that's. The worry with labels is that when I put a label or if I put someone in a box, I lose the opportunity to create a a deeper understanding with somebody in my life. An understanding that A, teaches me about someone else's experience in this world, and B, often teaches me about myself. Because if I can go into it going, this is an opportunity for me to understand others, I, uh, there's often a lot in that for me as well. So one project I'm working on within myself at the moment is this whole idea of how do I set up relationships, particularly new ones, but all relationships, in a way where there's a freedom, in a way which allows the person to to not have to put their sales rep on. To not try to impress me based on what someone outside him thinks is important, but where they get to share who they truly are. One of the things I've learned most through doing my one-on-one work with my clients, I've learned a lot, but, but, but one thing I've, probably two things I want to talk about here. One, one is, one of the things I've learned a lot about working with my clients is 
a desire for deeper connection. A real desire for deeper connection. People I've worked with have a desire to have real conversation, open conversation, where they're free to express the good, the struggle, the things they're proud of, who they are, where it's not surface. It's, it's amazing how much, and I've got to be honest, this is actually a bit more of a man thing that I get from some of the people I work with, that a lot of men are really craving a deeper connection. And if I, when I meet you, you, you put a label on me that, tell, that, that makes me have to make, put my sales rep out, I'm not going to feel free to do that. But the other thing is, you're not going to get to re- meet the real me. So you're not going to gain greater understanding. But the second thing that I've learned a lot through my clients is, and this is, this is a really scary thing, this is something that, that really worries me, is we're becoming more isolated. Now I know when I say we, that's not everyone, but a lot of people out there, we are becoming more isolated. We're time poor, we're stressed, we, 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 you know, the first things that get pushed aside as life gets busier, commitment to interaction with friends, good connection. I don't know if isolation is a good place to be living your life, actually, I kind of know it's not. Like, what, what's, what's the worst punishment we give to a human being? Solitude, confinement, isolation. To me, one of our journeys along the way is to create deeper understanding and deeper connections with those around us. And as we think about how we communicate with each other, an evolution I know I'm working on within myself right now is this whole idea of how do I get there even faster? And how do I create a way, a place that lets people know that, oh, I'm really interested in you and and I want to understand just you. I think my, what's your buzz will probably evolve, but I think it's something that maybe you can think about for yourself because I think there's a lot of value in, in this kind of stuff, so. I haven't even started today's show, guys. <laughs> like, I haven't even got to the main bit. I oh, know. You know me. This is how I roll. Guys, I, before I do get into the main just of today's show, I've got to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. Um, you know, you really do make a difference. You know who you are, the patrons, and you really do make a difference to the work I'm doing. Uh, I want to... I, I, I think I talked in last show about how I've spent that time with my mentor in London, or he's not a mentor, he doesn't see himself as a mentor, as a friend who influences me a lot, just made me realise, I uh, just reinforced that my job is to look at others and help them realise what they can be. And a big part of this show is, is driven from that. And uh, for those of you that support me in that, it, it, you just don't know how much it helps in so many ways obviously this is a financial way but just so many other ways as well and so i just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons and i have got a new patron this week so i'm going to pause the show and get them a nickname so give me two seconds and i am back and i'm going to name a few of the people who already are patrons and we've got Brittany mckeechan uh mckeechan sorry and she is mystic Brittany mystic mckeechan uh we've got greg the python crowley we've got luke Agent 001 Miller, Pip 
uh, Pip, she, she comes to my class and she's the silent assassin because she absolutely kills herself when she exercises. And we've got Kate, the perfect one, Sutherland. So those are already patrons of the show. And this week we have Darren Bussine. Bussine. Darren Bussine is a new patron of the show. And with the D, I had to go with something that was D. And, and when you think about D, the obvious word is dangerous. So dangerous Darren. It's got a good ring to it. So Darren, thank you so much for being a patron of the show. Once again, guys... Um, uh, my life's work is about helping people grow and th- those people who have helped me put in a bit of your hard-earned cash my way it really really means a lot I've got 37 patrons of the show right now so the 37 of you and, and there's thousands of listeners to the show so um, for those who do contribute you really really mean a lot so once again Darren Dangerous Darren thanks for being a patron of the show if you do want to be a patron of the show you can just go to bevanjamesisles.com it's all pretty clear on that page um yeah that'd be really cool if you want to do that and uh let's rock on from there anyway i'm going to put some music on and get into the main gist of today's show When, when I was, one thing, you know, if two things have changed in my life, it's, it's fitness, obviously, but the second thing is music, and you often hear me talk on the show about my piano playing and so on, and maybe early on, if you listen to some of the early shows, the importance of guitar in the sense of me understanding that practice was important to progress in life. And so when I first started playing the guitar, I became very passionate, and I think there's a really interesting thing that happens in life when you find a new endeavor be it a hobby, be it a career, be it uh, some kind of education, be it, you know, just when you find something new. Within a short period of time, you tend to be surrounded with new people. And those new people will be sharing a passion, you know, for that thing that you're doing. And so while I had a big group of, you know, at this stage I'm about maybe 18, 19. And so while I had a big group of friends who I hung out at that time, none of us were musicians. We were very much sporty kids. So all me and my friends, we played rugby league and uh, rugby up until, you know, early 20s really. And, you know, so my friends and my, we were no musicians. None of us played any music at all. And then, you know, around 18, I started getting guitar lessons and I started playing guitar. And within a short period of time, I suddenly was surrounded with musicians as friends. And, you know, my world was expanding because I had a new thing in my world. It's actually quite an interesting thing to think about. I, I do love this idea of try not to always be stuck in one world. You see it a lot in fitness for people who work in fitness, that people who work in fitness only ever surround themselves with people who have fitness and I love that I have music in my life because I get to hang out with people who couldn't give a rat's butt about fitness they don't care about how many stupid calories you've had today they don't care about how many reps of this you didn't have you got six pack abs they want to talk music and uh, and I love you know Dave the guy in my band I love spending time with Dave because he comes around and we just we just gossip on music and I, and I love it it's just different people so anyway, around this age of about 19, 18, 19, I, I, I started playing guitar. And then I started to surround myself and then immerse myself with people who into music. Now, I was a bit of a late bloomer to guitar playing in comparison to the guys who I met who were musicians, which is understandable. I was, just picked it up. And so I was kind of impressed with everybody that I met when I first started to meet people in this world like I really was I was impressed with just everybody they were just you know it's like when I'm the lowest level in the world 
anyone who's 10 percent better than me just seems like a rock star and that's kind of the experience i had in this first period that you know i was just kind of but not in a way that was bringing me down i was just kind of like wow man these guys rock and and it was kind of an inspiring kind of place for me to be at that time and at that time there's probably about four or five guys who are hanging out with and we were playing a lot of music together and again I was just kind of sitting in the background kind of trying to pluck my chords away a little bit and just having fun hanging out with these guys and being inspired by them in that group there was one guy I'm not going to name names but there was a guy in that group who was by far the best player this guy could rock out some amazing songs you know like I remember he could play uh like a Pink Floyd lead, like you're listening to it on the radio. He could just nail it. And I remember just, like, you know, while I was impressed with everybody, this guy was the godlike figure that I was hanging around with in that moment. And one night we were kind of, we all jamming and that and, and all the rest of it, and then he actually left. And I remember after he left, one of the other guys in the group made a, a, a snarky comment. He made a comment there and he, and he said, I'll call this guy Hendrix, just because he was the Hendrix of my time. He said, Hendrix, every time, same songs. And and when he said that, I, I was really fascinated in this, this kind of snarky comment. And I'm not the kind of person who jumps on people, jumps on crit- criticism of others. I tend to just shut up. Or nowadays I actually try to defend, you know, so nowadays I actually try to be the person who fights for... Um, Unless it is real, but you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not going to jump on the board of gossip and just bringing people down. I just, even at my young age, there was nothing. I never felt comfortable with that. So while this person said same songs every time, I was a bit more thinking about the person who made the comment, not my friend, the Hendrix. So I was kind of looking at him and thinking, "Wow, you, it's sad that you're jealous." You know, it's sad that you're jealous of Hendrix, you know, because often when we look at criticism, it does come from our own jealousy, doesn't it? You know, when I am critical of others, it's, it's that they are or have or, or something that I'm not. And so that's kind of how I, I felt about the person making the critical comment. And I kind of just left it at that and still was just inspired by my world and played around. Well, I, I hung out with these guys for a couple of years. And after a couple of years of hanging out with these guys, I actually discovered that the guy who was critical was was kind of right. He was actually correct in his assessment that the Hendrix in my world was the same songs every time. That he he would he would basically he obviously started playing guitar and just wanted to challenge himself to this highest level because again as much as it was the same songs he he could master these songs and he had about probably 20 to 30 songs which you seriously thought you were listening to the album as he rocked them out he was just that good on those songs but he never added he never had any more to that and in the two years that I got to know him it turned out that it really was same songs every time that this guy, while he was a master to a point, had stopped evolving. I want to introduce a concept here that we're going to call the learning point. Uh, this concept I just made up, to be honest, but what I made up when I thought about this one here. Uh, the, the learning point is kind of can be represented of in an area of my life that I have understanding, where did my learning stop? Where did my learning stop? 
So when we think about my Hendrix in my life, when I was a young man, when I met him, um, he, he did his learning, it stopped, hadn't it? Sure, he'd become a master up to this point. I'm sure he'd absolutely nailed those 20 to 30 songs to a pretty high level. And I imagine this guy put a lot of time and effort at becoming great at playing those songs. And then it just stopped. And so his understanding of guitar playing was a reflection of his the end of his learning point. Think about your own life now. Think, think in an area of your life where you've learned something. And, and, and let's just, just choose any area. And we're not going to go too deep right now. But let's just think of an area of your life where you've, you've learned something. Um, and then think of an area, or maybe think of an area where you've learned something and you stop learning. Like the Hendrix. So you might be an area that you learned years ago and you stop learning it. Now, basically once I stop that learning point, the evolution of me in that area kind of just stops. And that's kind of what happened with my Hendrix. Now, in some ways, when we look at life and we think of this concept of learning points, this idea of, you know, my learning point represents when did I stop educating or growing myself in a certain area. And if I understand that, you know, once I stop pursuing learning and growth in that area, that's going to kind of, that's how the level I'm going to stay at within this area. So when we think about the Hendrix in my life, you can see that, you know, those 20 to 30 songs, that mastering of those songs were his learning point. It's where his learning point stopped. And, and I even think about myself as a musician. So I played guitar kind of pretty full on for a couple of years. I got okay at the guitar. I'm far from a great guitarist. I'm average at best, but you know, I, I can pick it up and play a few songs. And uh, and then I got on sport, and then I got into piano. So my learning point on the guitar hasn't really evolved since I've been about maybe 21, 22. So when I pick up the guitar right now, it represents a learning point from when, of that of that last point there. And to be honest, because I haven't done it for so long, you often your learning point kind of diminishes as well because you're not as sharp as what you were at that last moment before you stopped learning. So... Um, you know, if you'd seen me playing guitar at 22, I was definitely better than I am now. While I still have some of that knowledge from that learning point, I, you know, I'm just not, I'm not as familiar with it, so I can't maintain it. And, you know, and and, and sometimes in life, you know, life changes. And so, so we all kind of have areas of our life where you might look back on in your past and realize, oh, that was a learning point from my past. And, you know, guitar play is a good example for me that I have a learning point with my guitar, but I don't really care to play guitar anymore. I'd much rather spend my time evolving my piano playing. Now, my, my understanding of music's getting better, but my guitar playing definitely isn't. And my guitar playing definitely represents that moment I jumped off this learning point. And life does evolve and, and sometimes I think you know we are going to have these periods where we get consumed with growing and learning in certain areas and then we'll shift and, and we'll look back on those areas and we'll see them for the value they offered and we maybe have to learn about our character traits and all those things but the actual understanding and evolution of that area may let go or well you know we just understand it's only ever going to stay in that place so like when you think about those areas, those learning point areas for you, what's an area in your life where you look back in your past and you kind of go, oh, well, you know, when I was younger, I was really into this thing and I learned a lot about it. But then, you know, at that moment, I stopped learning about it. Now, in some ways, that's life. And that's a cool thing. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I probably would encourage you to keep learning. But the, the, the area that I'm probably more interested in, so there's an acceptance of that's life. You know, we, we shift and we change and the things I learn may evolve. The thing I'm really interested in is 
when I have a learning point in an area that I'm still committed to in my life, but the learning point has stopped. And that's where I find my Hendrix character to be an interesting guy, because he was a guy who still loved and played music a lot. So it's not like he was like, I was with my guitar. Like with my guitar, I played for two or three years, got to a level, you know, that I was, you know, I was still growing. But then life shifted and my learning point purposes at the time. But then when life shifted, I, I very much put down my guitar. I didn't pick it up every day and want to play my guitar. I was playing, doing sport, and then I went on to piano. And occasionally I'll pick up the car and guitar and strum around, but I, I didn't have that desire to continue on that path. Whereas my Hendrix, he was still pursuing music. He was still playing music every pretty much every day of his life. He was still banding and stuff like that. So he was still in a world where learning would be really beneficial. But his learning point had stopped. And that's where I'm really fascinated with this conversation today, when you think about yourself. Now, there's two types of learning points I want to define today. The first learning point is ones that are just a historical part of my life that I've let go of, and I'm happy for them to be in their place, and that's my guitar. The second kind of learning point is areas that I still have energy and commitment to in my life that I should be evolving in, but maybe I've stopped evolving because I'm no longer pushing the learning point. Now we see this a lot in fitness, you see this a lot with people who, who get to a level of success in movement, so you, see, you know what, you see a lot in the sport that I did, triathlon, so you see a lot of people who, you know, in those first few years of triathlon they learn a lot about how to be successful, they learn a lot about programming and all these types of things, and then after they get to a period of time they might be in the sport for four or five years and they've kind of ticked a lot of the challenges off, and then the sport just becomes a habit. And they don't actually learn any more about how to get better. They just kind of are living off yesterday's learning point. Can you think about in your own life where you have this? Where an area where maybe in your life you still are committed to, but you are living off yesterday's learning. That you aren't really challenging yourself to evolve in that area. When I think about the most fulfilling moments in my life, they, they're always associated with growth. Well, no, not always. You know, There are things about helping others and stuff like that, but within my own inner journey, they're often associated with growth. And I love learning. Like, I love learning, because what does learning give you? It gives you a deeper understanding of how to function in this world. So if, if, if I'm going to choose to put my energy into certain areas of my life, Stopping at a learning point's not going to evolve me. Stopping at a learning point is actually just going to get me to the point where I become a bit stale. I get a bit stale on it because, you know what? I'm playing the songs I learned two years ago while I'm trying to grow. And I think that's the ultimate message for you today in today's podcast. Is for you to really, really be honest to yourself about which areas of my life am I trying to grow? And am I still trying to push my learning point forward? Am I committing to doing that? And if not, why? Why aren't I? Is it just safe that I'm at this level? Am I afraid to try harder? Have I, have I created a life where I, where I don't have time to learn? You know, like what do I have to give up to, to bring that back into my life? This whole idea of looking at my learning points and identifying if A, you know, this is the learning point that I just have let go of because life's moved on, or B, this section here I want to keep growing in, 
and, and putting those learning points in and keep evolving, you can kind of see that you're going to live a much more richly fulfilled life if you are committing to being a person who, in the areas that I want to, to be immersing my time within life, that if I commit to learning and continual evolution in that area, uh, it's going to be a pretty cool experience. So think about yourself. I'm sure right now as I'm asking these questions of you, you, you know that thing. And if you don't and you're, and you're doing well in this, well, you keep rocking on, kid. Kid, you like that? Keep rocking on, kid. But if, if you are, if you know that you're not, are you just going to end up pushing a re- rewind button on each day and repeat living and is, is, is this your peak? Or maybe it's time you actually got back to learning and involving yourself in these areas. So your learning point's not a stop point along the road that you just live in tomorrow with the habit of that. But your learning point is is an evolutionary process that keeps giving you deeper understanding of, of how to be better in the things in the areas of your life you want to be better at. I think that if you have that approach to life, this evolutionary process of process of learning uh, you'll definitely be a much better version of yourself I love this idea I do I, I, I love this idea of learning points and I think I didn't really go into exactly how to address it and I think that what you need to do is take some time aside if you are, if you know that I was talking to you in that moment where I was really throwing that hard question of you of what's your learning point, um, you need to put time aside. You need to take time out of the moment and, and really sit down and think about, well, you know, maybe you could start off and say, well, where am I currently in my understanding in this area? Now, well, first of all, I need to determine, is this an area I'm letting go of and is life moving in a different direction? And if not, and I want to continue on this path, where is my current understanding in this world? Then what would be the next step for me that would be the right step based on the current life that I have around me. You know, so, you, you know, like it's, if you've got family and work and all the rest of it, you know, learning in certain areas may be a bit more challenging. So what can I realistically put in the time frame that it's, that, that's going to grow me in a way that will be worth, worth, worthwhile for me? Then, you know, who will be the people who surround me? What are the environments that I can put myself in that allows me to learn? Do I need mentors? Where do I get the education from? Maybe it's not an environment. Maybe it's I can do courses. Um, what challenging situations can I put myself in? And then as a learner, how do I get myself back into the mindset of being a learner? These are all really good questions to explore to help you go to back to that place where you are doing this learning point work. So hopefully some good stuff in there for you guys. Uh, team... Um, if you've got any emails, uh, you can email me at Bevan James Isles. If you want to be a patron, remember to go to bevanjamesisles.com and there's a little patronage link on there that will take you through to Patreon. Remember, it just basically every time I put out a show, um, I will, yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll kind of contribute to the show. I am actually thinking about doing some video essays. There's a there's a brilliant YouTube channel by a guy called Nerdwriter. I don't actually know his name, but he, and he said it's culture, it's it's art. Understanding art is what he calls his channel, but it's called Nerd Writer. And, and each Thursday he puts out, I don't know, a six to eight minute clip, um, all things art. And I tell you what, I highly recommend Nerd Writer checking it out. He's got some brilliant work. This guy's brilliant. Like, depth of understanding is pretty awesome. And I love, because Friday's my day off work, so Thursday night, 
I allow myself to spend a bit of time on iPhone when I go to bed. Normally when I go to bed, I pick up a book because it's healthy for me. But um, uh, Thursday night I do, I, I always watch Nerd Writer before I go to sleep and it's, uh, it's definitely a highlight of my week. Um, and he's inspired me, I have to admit, he's inspired me. Like, you know, podcasting is a really good kind of form for what I do here in this show and because of kind of long form thoughts and I, I like the idea of trying to do a, a six to eight minute clip and it would probably be similar messages that I do to a podcast um the difference being this has got a lot more depth but YouTube you don't you know people want short and impactful so it'll be a different kind of experience and and also it helps us open you up to a different kind of audience so I'm going to maybe look at doing those in a couple of weeks from now so I'll let you know about those in the future just one thing I'm going to share with you guys, I'm going to do, just, this is again another kind of, yeah, crazy thing I'm doing, I'm doing a, yeah, an Ironman over three days this weekend, I'm going to swim basically 4k one day, bike 180k and then run a marathon on the Sunday and it's, and it's, and it's quite an extreme course that we're doing on each three of the days and I, I'm a guy who in my past that was my world, uh, doing Ironman, I did it for seven eight years, I trained 30 hours a week and so on, but, but if we think about learning points, so that's an old life to me. I don't do that kind of training right now. And it's really interesting going into this weekend with these um, these kind of a different mindset. And in some ways I can go into this weekend and, and feel bad about myself reinforcing what I'm not from my past. Because there's no, you know, like the guys I used to train with are going to be there and and those guys are still doing the sport, so there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up with them. I'm just not, I just don't commit the time to it. So it would be stupid for me to think that was possible. Um, and so it could be a grovel experience where I make unwise decisions and don't actually enjoy the experience. But the mindset I'm going into it with is, is purely that it's an experience that I can have some fun with. And, you know, I, I've got to be wise when I, when I do this weekend, but also I'm just going to have this attitude of, what a fun challenge to be having, to kind of go back to my old world and have a fun moment where I experience, you know, a life from the past. And I think just sometimes the, what the attitude I bring to it is a really important thing to do because this potentially could be a disastrous weekend for me. But actually I'm looking really forward to it because I'm looking forward to the challenge of sitting in the right mind space. So I just thought I'd share that with you guys as a wrap-up to think about. And just as I was talking about a few shows ago, I was talking about having to pull out of that marathon because of my injury. And um, I actually got quite a bit of feedback from that show from quite a few listeners um, and even some PTs saying they sent that show through to some people who they knew had injuries and stuff like that, which is really cool. And I have to say the real benefit of that, because that happened, what, a month to six weeks ago? And knee injuries can be potentially, you know, massive injuries. But because I made a wise choice, I'm actually great to run this marathon this weekend. And so... Um, a, it's not about me showing that I'm great here, but but more importantly is that just reinforcing that if you make the right choices around injuries, you can get back to exercise pretty quickly. So anyway, I think you've had enough of me. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. I've got a hopefully I've got a good interview lined up, and if not, I'll get a good interview lined up for you. And um, yeah, keep going, you guys. Keep doing what you do. Share the share the love about the podcast. Spread the word. Go onto iTunes and give it a, a review if you haven't done that before. And uh, just thanks for your support. And I'll see you guys soon. Bye.